everybody. Welcome to Cover 3 with your boy Mighty May Fellows, TJ Smith, and Kyla Smith. TJ, take it away. All right, all right. Hey, welcome to uh, Cover 3. Excited to be launching our first uh, episode here. Um, and, you know, we got some topics we want to talk about today. And one of them, you know, being towards the end of the season, we want to go over what's uh, what's transpired so far towards this uh latter half and, and then down here into these playoffs and uh, up to this point. So, uh, you know, I'm going to kick it off with, uh, you know, what what our expectations and what we've seen during, uh, during the playoffs. Um, and, you know, Kai, what do you think about, uh, last, you know, the last night's game about that uh, LSU-Oklahoma State game, man? Give me your thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, I want to say I'm excited to start launching the podcast, something we've been planning for a while. Um, but as for last night's game, when it comes to the the Oklahoma State LSU dynamic, I mean, going into the game, I thought LSU or uh, sorry Oklahoma State had a better chance at winning. You know, I thought their offense was a little more high powered, a little more uh, I want to say versatile and aggressive. Typically, um, LSU will typically go you know to a fifty fifty where they'll be kind of run heavy, but they also have the deep bombs that they can throw because they do have great receivers. Um, not taking anything away from LSU, obviously, seeing as to what they did last night with a, you know, very impressive win. Um, I, for one, was one of the doubters about their defense um, going into it. I didn't think their defense could quite keep up, especially given the last game that happened. Um, you know, I just I, – I thought that they wouldn't be able to keep up with them in the second half, which was the complete opposite of what happened. Um, and they ended up actually – I believe um, it was Mike last night who said um, – they say in mixed martial arts that styles make fights – and it was absolutely true in both of those games. You know, you just had a really aggressive and smothering LSU defense just completely stop Oklahoma State for a good chunk of the game where they could have possibly made a comeback at that point. But, you yeah, know, it was it was a very impressive performance by especially that LSU defense. No, absolutely. No doubt. Great game. Great back and forth. Um, you know, it was one of those nail biter games where. Uh, at any point, one play, one drive can make the difference uh, for either team. And, you know, um, I think we saw that. I mean, hey, Mighty May, did you get to watch that game last night? Yeah, I got to catch most of it. Super good game. Um, definitely was not what I was expecting. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I wasn't a believer in LSU D either. Um, I just – I didn't think that they could stop. Fletcher, um, just going to be honest, I thought he was going to be a little too much. Um, I mean, he, and he had another, you know, almost 500 yards passing, but some three picks hurt, hurt him. Uh, Stover took one back to the house, um, you know, and they just, they took care of the ball. They, you know, had more time possession. In the end, they, they kept, they controlled the clock and won the game by three. I mean, that's all you can say. Oh no, absolutely! I just had a great game, great performance, both for, to to both teams, and kudos to both uh, for for an outstanding season. Uh, Oklahoma State, you did a great job, and and Lyle Fletcher, outstanding performance last night. Uh, you know, just come up with with three interceptions, but LSU did exactly what what we've seen them do almost all season, and uh, that's. 
you know, they sort of um, uh, outside of uh, a, a couple games that they had where they came out big and just sort of extended their league and lead and had their way with teams. Uh, but for the most part, they, they allowed, uh, you know, they almost had a Muhammad Ali kind of approach to it, that rope and dope, let, let the other team throw as many punches, big punches as they want, let them wear themselves down. And then Oklahoma, uh, or excuse me, LSU just comes back and, and, uh, and comes out and wins the game, you know? So, you know, kudos to LSU for, for an outstanding season and, and making their, their, um, you know, way onto a national championship. Yeah, um, yeah. the other game, the other game, uh, you know, talk to me, tell me what you think, uh, Kai. Well, I mean, it was just that, that, that game pretty much went as expected with the, um, you know, the heavy, the heavy start from Miami, um, you know, Axton Richardson, just one of the most explosive players in the CFSL. I mean, he, Miami just did what Miami does. That, that's pretty much the easiest way I can put that one. Um, just come out, score a big lead, you know, keep it going and, you know, props to Oregon, you know, they're a solid team, but that Miami team, even even for LSU's defense, uh, is still going to be tough. No doubt, no doubt, absolutely. You know, and, and Oregon's done some great things, and and uh, you know, I'm super proud of what Oregon's did, especially when you look at what they did last year. Um, you know, they had in season eight, they had one of the best recruiting classes in 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 the, the CFSL, and, and they sort of had a lackluster performance with that. And I think they came out angry. I think they came out hungry this year. Um, and they wanted to, to prove a point, and they were able to do that by going to the playoffs and making it uh, all the way to the semifinals. Um, but you, you go up against a, a hard-nosed Miami offense, uh, a hard-nosed Miami defense, and you know uh, that, that offense is just phenomenal. It, it's super high-powered, super explosive, and they're able to move the ball however they want, whenever they want, wherever they want, and, and it's very difficult to control that. Um, Steven, tell me what's your thoughts on that game. Yeah, definitely. Man, Miami's D was good. Um, I mean, they did what they were supposed to do. And, man, that Bama game where Oregon played Bama, Allen had a great game. You know, four touchdowns, no turnovers, controlled the ball well. This game, I mean, he had to do two picks, um, both of them to Richardson, which, I mean, Super good candidate for defense player of the year at middle linebacker. He did his thing. He had 11 tackles. He controlled the field defensively. Um, he had basically changed Oregon's whole game plan. I know they didn't want to come in throwing the ball almost 60 times for less than 300 yards. Um, just not what you want to do on the way to a championship. No, no doubt. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, so that leaves us up to, to where we're at and what we've got coming up on a, on a Monday night. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the most exciting games of the season outside of, you know, maybe the newcomers game. And, um, but, you know, we got our national championship game coming up and we've got the two teams that's going to be there. So you got, you know, you got a, a, an outstanding, uh, Miami team that's going to make it in there. And then you got a, you know, that, like I said, that rope and dope kind of, uh, uh, program that LSU loves to use. And it, so it's going to be interesting. Is LSU going to sort of keep that same mentality, rope and dope, let Miami burn themselves out and and then come back and chip away at that lead and, and eventually just move uh, to control the game towards late in the half or, excuse me, late in, towards the end of the game? 
or are they going to try and come out and make a statement? You know, so uh, Ty, you know, what, what what are your thoughts on this uh, this game come Monday night? So I'm going to contradict myself a little bit to what I said earlier when I said, you know, um, I, I hinted at the fact that LSU made a believer out of me with their defense. Um, I might be making a mistake. I might make a fool of myself by saying this, but I do think that um, I do think that the Miami offense again is going to be a little too much for that LSU defense. But even beyond that, Miami's defense, I think, is going to be a little too much for LSU's offense to surmount. I think that's that's just a hill that they can't climb. Um, I, I think overall, um, in a comparison-wise, for the Oklahoma State team, um, I think that Miami is an overall better team. Uh, all due respect to Oklahoma State and the things they've done this season, they're an absolutely fantastic team. I consider that more of a testament to how great Miami is um, as a team. I think they can just they can just really sort of manhandle a team and you know do what they want with them. Um, and they they've showed that they have the heart to fight back and to even hold a lead in a in a closely contested game. Like for example, a game you know I was watching very closely the Clemson game, um, very closely contested game, but they you know they they dug deep and they fought hard. Um, so I think at the end of it, um, I don't predict it to be, you know, too high scoring. Um, you know, I might bet the over if the over is like, like a 60, 60 to, you know, maybe a 65, but I don't think the point score will go over a 75 collectively. I think both defenses are very tight. Um, LSU's particularly in the second half really likes to step up, um, towards maybe the end of the second quarter and most way through the third as when they really start, start to suffocate you and really drain you. So I think that um, going into this, it's I give it to Miami, but not by a very large margin. I think it'll be a close, low-scoring game. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, you know, all great points. Uh, Steven, what's your, what's your thoughts on this, uh, this national championship approaching us on Monday night? And I'm kind of looking at it the same way. It's going to be a defensive game, I think. Um, both teams, I mean, really had a good amount of turnovers last week. Um, you know, it's Miami still had two picks. You know, it's kind of – or one pick, I mean, it's, you know, they got to control the ball um, because LSU's D, if you turn the ball over like that, I mean, we've seen it. They're going to they're gonna capitalize off of it. Um I think there's going to be a lot of runs. I don't think a lot of teams want a chance throwing the ball on either one of these defenses. Um, so it's really going to come down, you know, can the young blood and at LSU put points on the board? If not, then I see Miami's D taking it. No doubt. Absolutely. And, and like I said, you know, it all really depends on, uh, you know, how much LSU wants to come out and play smash mouth football. Um, are they going to try and put points up early and take a, an early lead and keep that lead and just sort of maintain pace with, with Miami? Um, or are they going to allow Miami to come out and, uh, you know, put up a, a ton of points and, and uh, then, you know, as this, as the game goes on and allow Miami to wear themselves out and, and come back and, and get themselves back in this game late in the game. Um, but if they do that, you got to be careful because Miami's a very high powered offense. And 
and when they put up points, they just keep putting on points. And if you allow them to put too many points on on you, uh, you've you've essentially put the game out of reach. So you know it's going to be interesting how LSU comes into this game um, defensively um, and how they they attack uh, Miami's defense. But I think you hit a key point there is uh, that turnover differential is going to be huge in this game. And you know I mean we saw it last game. LSU was able to get what three interceptions. Lyle Fletcher threw three three picks, and and you know, you, dude, those things are ankle biters, and they're going to hurt you. And you can't do that uh, against a team that's just as as good and as talented as what LSU is. I mean, them young blood brothers are just phenomenal, and they're going to make plays, and they're going to put points on the board, or at least put themselves in a position to at least get three points uh, if, if they can. So. Um, and it's definitely going to be an interesting game, and I, I look forward to, to watching that. Um, so, you know, moving on to the next topic we wanted to talk about was these new ADs, these the, uh, the, well, the new teams, and then the new ADs and coaches that are coming into this league uh, this season. So um, I'm excited about some of these teams, super excited. Uh, first and foremost, I want to give out a, a shout-out to Clutch. Awesome job uh, with what you've done at Clemson and, and well-deserved to, to be able to get Boise State. Um, kudos to you for that. And I hope you carry the, uh, a passion uh, for winning over to that program. Even though I'm not a big fan of the Smurf turf myself, uh, but, you know, hey, that's the program you're into. And, and, hey, I'm just super glad that you got finally to get that program that you've been looking for. So looking at it, you know, we got, you got Oklahoma coming in, which is a huge get. Big fan base across the country. It's going to be a huge benefit in, in the CFSL. And then you get Boise State back. Tell me about those two teams and what your thoughts are on those, Kai. Uh, yeah, no. So, um, first of all, when it comes to the the uh, the the new introductions, as far as the, you know, the big CFSL teams being uh, Boise and Oklahoma. Um, first of all, I'd like to say a thank you to Clutch as my AD this season. Um, obviously, playing for Clemson, uh, he was fantastic. You know, in the locker room, always a great leader. Um, so I think he'll do wonderful things at Boise. I personally love the Smurf turf. I think it looks really dope. Uh, it'll be really cool to, um, you know, play on that eventually, um, you know, provided I ever play Boise. But, you know, um, I think Clutch will do great things. He's he's a he's a great recruiter. Um, I'd say his his strength as an AD is the staff he can assemble. I mean, the uh, the staff he had last year was just absolutely fantastic. And um, particularly, you know, Shane – not not to discredit him at all. This isn't a dig on him, but Rev in particular was just a fantastic recruiter last season. Um, I think he's absolutely fantastic. I think he has a sense for uh, who who has a good influence on recruits and who can really make that solid pitch. And uh, he's a really good closer, um, which is part of the reason why I committed. Uh, I think recruiting wise, Clutch will do fantastic. Um, I think he's really going to try and build. Um, you know, a, a championship program in his first season, um, which, you know, is always tough to do. Uh, but I think I think he has a, a real good shot at it. If anybody else does, it's uh, it's clutch. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, at any team, and that's the beauty of, of this league is uh, you have a, you know, Oklahoma State, brand new team this season, this past season, season nine. And made it all the way to the semifinals. So, you know, absolutely. I think Clutch has the knowledge base and, and the talent and the experience to be able to go into Boise State and do those things. What are your thoughts on Oklahoma, man? Um, I think Oklahoma has a good shot. Um, 
I'm most intrigued by the uh, the the sort of uh, intrinsic rivalries that come with Oklahoma. Um, you know, you've obviously got you know uh, Texas is a uh, huge huge rivalry that um, will always make for an entertaining game. Um, you know, you got A and M and schools like that that will make you know fantastic rivalries. Um, at Oklahoma State obviously is another huge one, of course. Um, I, I think it's more about building uh, the program. You have to build the culture up, you know, because you have that sort of with Oklahoma being um, outside of the CFSL, you know, in the actual football leagues being such a, you know, deep program with a rich history and tradition. If you can really sell that and make that a point to make your, uh, your locker room uh, interesting and uh, really give somebody something to buy into, I think that's Oklahoma's best shot at, uh, you know, building a solid program this year. Uh, staff is very important. Obviously, um, I, I think I think it's it's a real from the ground up build because um, you don't have the the sort of um, the sort of I guess uh, prestige that Clutch does coming off of you know the the championship AD season and things like that you know the whole Clemson dynasty um, I, I think I think it'll be an easier job for Clutch to get his um, his recruits in but I think um, there are definitely ways Oklahoma could steal a fantastic recruiting class. And um, yeah, I'm just really excited to see them play this season. I think I think it'll be very interesting to see what goes down. No, absolutely, absolutely. And I think you know personally, I, I believe that uh, both programs can come in and do really well in the recruiting. Um, I mean, right now you're looking at the locker room is empty, um, so you know the only voices that they're hearing back to them are just echoes. And um, so I think their biggest thing that they're going to have to go at is, is in that transfer portal. And this is going to be a big transfer portal. I think this is going to be a very interesting transfer portal. Um, so if they can go in, into that transfer portal, get some of the big players that are coming out, maybe out of the mat that are going to transfer. We don't know who's transferring yet, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty positive there's some, going to be some big playmakers coming out of the mat trying to get back into or get into the, uh, one of the power conferences. And if they can go and get one of these guys in there and bring them on board and say, hey, look, now I, I, I need a new – I need a – uh, recruiting coordinator. I need an OC or I need a DC and I want you to help me and they can get them on the staff before recruiting starts. I think that's going to be vastly beneficial to Oklahoma. So, um, and then you got Oklahoma's AD is it, he's coming from, he's coming from a Mac program. So his name's popular in the Mac. So that might be an advent, uh, an advantage for him and being able to still, or I'm not even going to say still to, to pull in some of these, these uh, players that are coming in from the Mac. So, um, Stephen, what's your thoughts on these two programs? Yeah, man. Uh, I like the blue turf. What can I say? Um, I do like it. Um, I know Bo Easy was in the league before. Real nice bringing them back. I think Pludge is going to do a great job over there. Um, he also recruited me, and, you know, it's super good guy. I think – He's going to build something really good over there. Uh, and same thing with over in Oklahoma with Arctic Knight. He came, like you said, he came from the MAC. Uh, he ran, He was the old AD at Bowling Green. They won the MAC, uh, you know, finished the year 5-2. and two. Uh, And super good players over there. Uh, just, you know, he could probably get a lot of them coming out of the transfer portal. Uh, same thing, you know, last year, this last season, Oklahoma State killed the transfer portal. 
a lot of their players that they have, yeah. you know, came mm-hmm. from the transfer portal. Um, that's that's where these two teams, like you said, are going to build it in the transfer portal. And I think this is going to be one of the best seasons for the transfer portal because, like you said, it's it, it's the first year of us having the back. So then there's players that kind of came a little later and had to go to the MAC, but what they everybody wants to see what the big leagues are about, honestly. So I mean, the people are gonna be trying to leave the MAC and come to one of these two new teams that need all new players. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, kudos Arctic Knight, you know, uh, again, congratulations to you for, for uh, a MAC championship, uh, so to speak, uh, uh, I guess unofficially. Um, and, and getting to Oklahoma, I know you're a big Sooner boy. So, uh, you know, hey, we, we look forward to seeing what both of you, Clutch and uh, Arctic Knight, do. Um, great game plans this season. Um, and and we're, we're super excited to see how, how y'all do this year. Um, and then now we've got two MAC teams that have been introduced, two brand new MAC teams. So the MAC has expanded onto from from a six team uh, per uh, conference to now an eight team conference. And so we've got some new new head coaches that have come into there. Some some people that we all know. Uh, you know, you've got a shirt fame, Chef Pockets, Willie D, uh, T.J. Smith, all coming into into. Uh, the Mac, and then you've got Ohio, Miami of Ohio coming in, headed up by TJ Smith, and then you've got uh, Kent State coming in from uh, that's going to be headed up by Chef Pockets. Now, both these programs, guess what? They don't have anybody on their rosters either. So, you know, how's that transfer portal going to work for them? And is this going to be even harder for those two to hit the transfer portal and try and pull people into their programs? How how do you attack that? Um, knowing that some of these guys are, are trying to leave the Mac and now we've got to try and convince you know, these two, these two head coaches got to try and convince these, these guys to stay and to, to buy into their new programs. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting. Um, you know, Kai, give me your thoughts on, on the Mac with the two new teams being added and, and, you know, the head coaches being introduced, the new head coaches being introduced into their programs. Yeah. Well, uh, I, yeah, I'd first like to give a congratulations to the, uh, you know, to uh, Willie D, Assured Fame, Chef Pockets, all those guys who are really uh, stepping up and, uh, you know, uh, moving up. Um, I feel really bad for Miami of Ohio. Um, I don't I don't really agree with their coach hire. I think he's going to absolutely bomb. Uh, horrible dude. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I think I think it'll it'll be a great season uh, with uh, Kent State moving in and, you know, the expansion of the MAC. Um, you know, the MAC finally has enough teams to have a full schedule, so they, they won't feel so much like a a secondary league as they are, you know, currently self-admittedly by, you know, the, the commissioners, uh, a bit of a feeder league um, for the CFSL, you know, the big leagues, they're, they're sort of like a, what the G league is to the NBA. It's, it's, it's a minor league where you, you know, you feed people up. Um, but I, I, I see a lot of value in the Mac um, and not just for, you know, the, uh, maybe the guys who join halfway through the season, but uh, the recruits who are currently here, and will be here uh, during the recruiting portal. Um, I think I think it would benefit a lot of them to um, uh, sort of expand their horizons. You know, um, give these MAC teams a shot. You know, just hear them out. Um, I was completely open to listening to MAC teams when I was uh, being recruited. Um, I wasn't messaged by a lot of them, 
Um, but you know, uh, I already had, you know, my team's pretty much narrowed down by that point, which is a disadvantage that the Mac has, but I was, I was more than willing to hear out any Mac team that messaged me. Um, and, and as was, you know, uh, TJ, I know, um, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's about really sort of selling your program and selling yourself. You're, you're selling yourself to these players. Um, you're selling, you know, what you can do, your mentality, um, the things you can do for them. Cause at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing that's going to bring a player into your program is what can this program do for me? Um, you know, what, 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 what am I going to gain by being here? Because, you know, say I could join, uh, Miami of Ohio, for example, um, and he's saying, you know, oh, I can get you on, you know, this podcast. I know things I can, you know, I can help you out with to foster your career. I can, you know, help you out and, you know, um, show you how to run Sims and do things like that. If that's something you're interested in versus maybe a team like um, a, a team I'm on right now, Clemson, for example, just to throw one out there, say maybe, um, you know, they, they, they can't offer those things for whatever reason, you know, they just don't have it. As a recruit, I would be looking more towards the MAC personally. Um, I think, you know, these new head coaches in the MAC have a great chance to um, really, you know, uh, build on either what they did last season. This is uh, for the full scope of the MAC. Um, Wookie obviously is one who has a lot to build on um, from last season, and I think the new coaches, especially being, uh, you know, uh, for Kent State, Miami of Ohio, they've they've got a lot of work to do. Um, and it's going to be an uphill climb for sure coming from the Mac and trying to build a team like that. But I think it's, it's definitely doable. Um, it's just more about the mentality. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, um, you know, uh, you keep that mentality about the Ohio Miami of Ohio's head coach, and you can go over there to chef pockets and you can run out of his dad on inflatable tunnel. All right. <laughs> so get that straight right now. All right. Um, no, absolutely. Um, it, it's about creating a culture and an environment. And then, you know, when you're talking to these, these people that you're trying to bring, these players that you're trying to bring into your program, you got to sell them on what can look, we already know what we're going to get out of you as a player, right? As a head coach, as an AD, we already know sort of what to expect out of that player. Now the thing is, is what is that player expecting out of us? And what is it that we as a program uh, can offer them? So, you know, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> You know, Stephen, what's your thoughts on, on the Mac, the expansion, the two new teams being added, the, the coaches coming in, the coaches leaving, whatever you want to discuss. Tell me what your uh, thoughts are, man. I everything they're doing over there. I think, uh, man, two, two new teams coming in is going to be great. Uh, again, it's, like you said, eight teams in the league. Um, it was great with the six teams in the league, but now it's going to be even more competitive. Um I love it. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I think there's going to be a lot of new recruits, a lot of great recruits that are going to go to the MAC. Um, you're going to, you know, it's, I guess we call it the the, the little league. Um, but there's a lot of big time players, a lot of big time playmakers already in the MAC. Uh, there's a lot of them that aren't going to leave the MAC because. You know, they enjoy it there. They enjoy the coach. Um, there was, you know, a couple of coaches. Um, only one coach, two coaches left uh, from the MAC and, you know, moved up. But other than that, the other teams still have their own coaches. Um, 
I almost went to the MAC. I was recruited hard by Ball State. Uh, Coach Levi Timms over there at Ball State uh, went after me hard, and I almost went to Ball State. Um, you know, I ended up in Florida, but Ball State was really my only other choice that I had. They were my top two, um, and. I mean, I would have loved it at Ball State just as much as I love it at Florida. So I think, you know, a lot of these younger players coming in, that's what they're going to have to look at. They, you know, it's all about the depth chart. Uh, they need to look at everything. The nice thing is they can see it after the transfer portal. So they they know, you know. Yep. They already know what they're looking at. Um, there's a lot of young three-star players. Um, it gives them time to – you know, adjust, we'll say, to being able to go against the elites in this league. Um, you know, because it's, I mean, there's a big change. There's a lot of elite players playing in the MAC, and we can kind of see how much better they are than some of these other players. And I think, you know, it's going to give them time to adjust and kind of grow as players before they go into, you know, the SEC, the Big Ten or something like that. Um, I really think, uh, you know, Eastern Michigan didn't have a good year last year. I think they finished like one and six. Um, but they got Coach Willie over there, which I think he's he's going to turn that program around a lot. Um, you know, same thing as Kurt, you know. Sure oh, no doubt, over. yeah. At Bowling Green, he he has a nice program over there where, you know, I think they I went five and zero in the MAC, um, you know, but it, yeah, he's yeah, got some big yeah, shoes to fill. It's probably gonna, it's going to be tough to keep some of them players there, and so he has a lot, you know, going on over there. I'm sure it's probably crazy. I'm glad I'm not a coach. Let's just say that. You had him not a coach in the MAC, uh, <laughs> and then you know Miami, Ohio. What can we say? I mean, maybe. Maybe TJ, Coach TJ has uh, been Roethlisberger somewhere over there um, that we don't know about. We'll, <laughs> you know, we'll have to see. I'm hoping for big things out of there, too. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Much appreciated. Um, so one more thing before we move on to the next topic is, uh, you know, we talked about these coaches coming into the MAC. Uh, we talked about two new programs that are coming into the Big Ten, but one thing, or into the uh, Power Conference teams, excuse me. Uh, but one thing we haven't hit on yet is some of these coaches that were coming out of the MAC, being promoted to ADs and taking over um, already established programs. And um, you know, I want to get y'all's thoughts on that because you, one, we've got UF is taking getting a new head coach, Hunter Dory stepping down, and, and now you've got a new head, a new athletic director coming into that. Um, what was it, Notre yeah, Dame? Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, Clemson yeah. as well? Clemson, Notre Dame. No, yeah, Clemson's getting a new, head, a new athletic director. Uh, so, yeah, Clemson and Notre Dame both getting new athletic directors. So, um, you know, you're there in, in Gainesville. Um, you know, it's, it's a nice, like, I don't know, what, about 60 degrees down there right now? Um, tell me, Stephen, what's your thoughts on, on your new AD and where do you think, you know, what's the challenges of, of you know, what's the challenges he's going to face coming into an already established program and trying to change the culture, the climate, and the identity of that program to fit yeah, them? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, 
Hunky Dory left, great age. Um, you know, shout out to him. He's taught me a lot um, as a player and a coach down there. Um, yeah, we have Cape Town coming. Uh, man, it's. I mean, he's he's already has the locker room going crazy. Um, so I think it's gonna be, you know, like a great fit for sure. Um, you know, we finished four and four last year. Uh, tough season, you know. We definitely felt we should have been yeah ten times better than we were. Um, it's just we, we, you know, we made a lot of mistakes. Um, when when we needed it, we played good, but um, you know, a lot of mistakes. We gave up a lot more points than we scored. That's all we can say. And uh, you know, he's. You know, he's coming over from – he was the head coach at Ohio, which, you know, had a decent season in the match, three and four. Um, so, and he, he's a big-time defensive guy, which is, you know, great. Um, it's, he, he's, he's, he's definitely sparked a, a fire over there under a lot of us players in Gainesville. Um, just – which, I mean, I feel we had the fire, but – Missing the playoffs again this year, we were kind of down a little bit, and so just you know him coming in, yeah. it, it helped kind of change a little bit of what was going on. We're missing, we're gonna, you know, we're losing Wyatt King, you know, Sia St. John, um, them are two big shoes that we're gonna have to fill this year. You know, QB one and you know our defensive captain. So I definitely feel he's the guy to do it um, since Hunky Dory. Step down. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, um, look, the record in the MAC, it is what it is. Uh, three or four. That's still a great season uh, for the MAC, you know, especially for their for their introductory season, um, and, and you know, getting that experience there in the MAC. And because it, let, let's be honest, as an AD in one of these power conference teams, you have for the most part, you have a coaching staff, you have a uh, DC an OC, a recruiting coordinator. Um, in some teams like LSU, you have a co-AD. And so you've got somebody to lean on some, you know, most of these, most of these teams to have somebody else to lean on in the Mac. You don't have that in the Mac. It's it, it's you. You're the head coach. You're the AD. You're the OC, the DC, the recruiting court. You are if top to bottom. So all that, you know, feet to the fire and he. I'm telling you, he's learned some stuff, and I think he's going to do some great things down in Florida. Um, you know, diehard Gator fan. I actually got my Gator uh, my Gator puller over uh, pull uh, nice. pullover sweater on right now. Um, so, Florida, a I'm gonna tell you personally, I'm rooting for y'all. I think y'all can do some great things, K Town. I expect some great things out of you this year. Um, and you know, it's great to hear that he's coming in and he's sort of reinvigorating and and that program's locker room and, and pulling. You know, because when you're four and four, and trust me, I get it. A and M. I mean, I think we won two games this season. You know, um, your head gets down, and you're like, "Dang, what did we do wrong?" But if you look at like A and M's games, it's one play, it's one drive that could have been a difference maker. So you know, minor tweaks here and there, um, and you know, those games were different. Um, you know, Kai coming from Clemson. Uh, you know, you're getting a new AD. What are, what are your thoughts on, you know, the locker room? Uh, I mean, you're losing a, a great AD, 
but you're you're also gaining another great AD. So, what's your thoughts on Clemson, uh, their locker room, and what what you your expectations of, of this new AD coming in for for Clemson? So, um, I might as well start from the beginning with this one. Uh, so, when I first came into Clemson, you know, the first um, it was it was still the off season at this point. Nothing had really popped off yet. And I was, you know, sort of quiet, as you always are when you first approach and you're a freshman and you got all these dudes above you who are, you know, they already have their, you know, interpersonal relationships and things like that. Like there's rapport between the guys in the locker room and you're kind of just trying to fit your way in, you know, get in where you fit in. Um, And so uh, look, looking around and seeing these guys and things like that, it was it was very uh, almost intimidating and it felt kind of dry for me. And I, during the first maybe um, not week of the season, but probably a week before the season started, I was thinking maybe Clemson isn't the team for me. You know, I was I was having those second thoughts. Um, and really, the only person on the team I would talk to is Rev. And then as the as the season started, and you start to get out there, and you, you know you see yourself with the team, and the locker room gets pumped on game day, and you know you guys start to get to know each other, and you you start to feel each other's energies. You know, you you start to feel you know all right, this guy gets hype about this. He gets hype about this. We know he's going to do this. And you, you really get that sort of that connecting web. And I feel like the center of that connection really was clutch in the locker room. Um, obviously, you have, you know, um, probably the two biggest guys in the locker room being uh, Dane Jones and um, Josh Clayton, um, who were, you know, absolutely fantastic dudes. Um, they were very uh, pivotal in the team, but it, it was more about clutch when the games didn't go our way or maybe when we, we had a down game or it was way too close for comfort or we even lost, you know, um, clutch was always there. He, he was, he was in the locker room. He was there to, you know, pump the team up and, you know, tell us not to hang our heads. You know, he was, he was very good at that. That's something he's very good at. Um, and so I think there are things that Lee J will have to, um, you know, change, obviously coming in as a new AD, bringing his own culture in, you know, you have to, you have to change the locker room. It can't be exactly the same. Because if you try and keep the exact same locker room as the past AD, it's not going to work because you're not that past AD. You are you. This is your locker room now. You have to inject it with your own sort of uh, intensity. You know, you really want to keep these guys motivated and get them on your side and have them buy into your program and your way of doing things. And, you know, um, I'm not quite sure what he does, but, um, you know, I think he's got a daunting task ahead of him. If you look at, you know, the, the Clemson guys so far who have declared for the transfer portal, um, I don't know how public any of these are, but I know Josh Clayton's very public about the fact that he has. Um, he's posted, you know, a lot of things in league chat about it. Um, so I think uh, that's that's a massive hole as it is. You know, um, Josh Clayton being a huge hole to fill. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And, and uh, what Will Slay's a senior this season, isn't he? Yeah, Will Slay, uh, Big Bill McAllister are both leaving as well. Those are two massive losses. You got to find a new quarterback. The, the the dude who was sort of the crux of your offense. Um, is leaving. So you've got to find a new dude. Maybe uh, you bring in a freshman and you have Dane Jones and you do a run-heavy offense. Or maybe you put all the weight on that freshman's shoulders and you say, hey, you know, this is this is your team now. Or you get a dude from the transfer portal. I know Eastern Michigan has a fantastic quarterback. Oh, absolutely. Who maybe he enters the transfer portal and wants to play for a CFSL team. And maybe he ends up at Clemson. I mean, he's got a very similar style of play to Will Slay. Um, I, I think there's a lot of similarities that could be compared in. Um, I, I do think Will Slay is, is, you know, obviously a standalone player. He is one of a kind. 
But uh, there are similarities. And so if, if you wanted to keep a similar scheme, I think that would be a good guy to go for. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of different factors and, uh, you know, forks in the road to go down. And it's, it's, difficult, it's difficult terrain to traverse for Lee Jay. Um, I, think, I think he's got a tough task ahead of him. Um, it won't be the same Clemson team as last year. But whether that is, is better for Clemson or worse for Clemson is yet to be seen. But I think, uh, you know, he, he does have the, the skills and the, the, uh, the ability to do it. Um, so um, I'm just excited to see what Clemson does next season. Oh, no doubt. Um, and, and, you know, Lee Jay's coming in. He's taking over Clemson. Great program, great history. Uh, you know, won the Natty last year and, and really came down to uh, that, that, that final game against Florida where, where Florida was able to win them and, and keep Clemson out of it. So, you know, Clemson, yeah, hey, great. Great. You know, great. You know, I mean, we did what we could, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Um, you know, and that was a great game to watch. I really enjoyed watching you guys ball out and y'all do y'all's thing. And, and huge game, huge rivalry. Um, so, not still not a bad season for Clemson. Um, you, you just did miss it. Uh, so, you know, Lee J., Hey, if you're listening, brother, you, you've you've got some big shoes to fill. But on the same token, I think you're fully capable of doing that. Um, I mean, we look at what you did in in the Mac, and you had a great program. Um, you just need, I, if it were me, and I was coming in, taking over Clemson, I absolutely agree. I think you need to change the culture to your culture. You need to make the identity of Clemson your identity now, and you've got to get the players that's on that roster to buy into what you're selling. And just move forward with it, brother. Um, so I wish both of y'all um, uh, down there in Florida and, and over at Clemson the best of luck. And then, you know, the last one we got, and, and we don't have any players that's over there, but uh, it was probably Kickler that yeah. took over Notre Dame, right? Yes. So outstanding. Hey, congratulations to you. Um, man, you've got some big shoes to fill too. Notre Dame's been one of those teams that's always right there. But, you know, you know I'm a diehard uh, Eagles fan. And, you know, for a long time, the Eagles were getting right there to the Super Bowl, but we just couldn't ever get there. And, and I, I think that's sort of how Notre Dame is right now. And, and um, they're just right there. And they can just not get that last step into, into making it into the, uh, into the national title game. So, hey, uh, wish you all the best of luck over in Notre Dame, truly. And, uh, you know, we're going to move on to probably one topic that I've been really – Man, and if this is the topic I thought about for a long time, and I, you know, I debated on whether to bring this up and introduce this, especially into our introductory podcast. Um, but wanted to talk about um, this season's teams. You know, at the beginning of the season, we get the power rankings, and these, this team, this is their expectations, and this is where we expect this team to finish. And you know, we, and so I wanted to talk about it real quick and just sort of get everybody's one, you know, if there was one team out there that you looked at for the past, this past season. And at the beginning of the season, you said, man, that team is going to do great. I think they're going to do really well in the, in the season. And I definitely expect them to be in uh, playoff contentions, if not in the national title game. And what was that one team that you expected all that from, but they just didn't cut the mustard. Kai, tell me what you thought. What, what, what team do you got that just didn't live up to the expectations? Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, there, there's, there's, there's a couple um, where you, you know, you look at the teams coming in. You know, you have a, 
a team like Texas who made the natty last year and had, you know, no offense, but an abysmal season. Um, just, just, uh, you know, slight mistakes that cost them several games that, you know, they, they probably should have won. Um, they definitely have the talent to be a playoff team and even another contending team. Like a lot of people thought they would. Um, but if I had to make my one pick for a team that I personally really thought was just going to be a powerhouse, I don't think it's a controversial pick. I don't think it's very, um, you know, I don't think I'm, I'm saying anything nobody else was thinking, um, I think Texas A&M was my biggest disappointment this season, um, being that they had such an amazing recruiting class, such an amazing transfer uh, portal. You know, they, they just they, they really owned everything and they had such great players. Um, you know, you have Jimmy Germain, fantastic quarterback. Uh, I mean, the dude throws for my God, like 400 to 500 yards a game. The man's an animal. You got Ty Dixon back there, the little bowling ball. That man's insane. You know, if you look at how deep their receiver core is, you know, you have uh, Kellen Irvin, Brent Mills, Skywalker, Jared Snyder, um, and Ryan Dunn, of course, at tight end. You know, you've got a fantastic high-octane offense. But, I mean, even on their defense, especially even more than their offense to me, I mean, you look at that. Ty Linker, TJ Smith, Allie Peters, Buck Malone, Rusty Alston, uh, Trey Woodson, uh, Lamec Russo, Eric Mears, Damian Armour. If you look at that roster, top to bottom, there's not a reason that every single player on that team, you, you couldn't tell me that they, they, they shouldn't be up there for All-American. I mean, at their positions, every single player on that team has the talent to be an All-American. And the fact that they finished with, what, only two wins? Yeah, two and six. Two and six. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's absolutely abysmal to me. Um, and, and that's no disrespect, obviously, to any of the coaching staff. Um, being, you know, TJ Smith, who has since, you know, moved on to Miami of Ohio, but also being uh, Eric Mills or Eric, Eric Mears and Brent Mills, you know, I think their coaching staff is fantastic. And, you know, um, uh, hearing, you know, in passing from TJ around the house, just comments he's making, you know, the locker room seems very, you know, very fun. Um, and, you know, I've, I've seen them, you know, run Sims as a team, you know, um, just passing through the room or, you know, what have you. And, you know, they're, they're, they're all, you know, very, very well melded. I, I don't, I don't really know what went wrong. Maybe it was a play calling issue. Um, maybe just uh, you know the the ideas you had didn't go your way. I'm not quite sure what went wrong with Texas A&M this year, but that is um, by far my biggest disappointment this season. Just seeing you know how they performed as to how I feel they should be, which is a national championship team. Um, but you know, uh, best of luck to them next season. I think they definitely aren't losing. You know. Um, too much that'll you know their team's not going to be crippled next year at all especially with the uh the fantastic recruiter that uh eric and brent are they they can definitely um foster uh just as good of a team next year and hopefully can patch up some of those holes um and and really you know contend for the championship like they i I believe they should and can be um a lot of love for texas a&m um and that whole team they're all super great guys and uh, i just wish them the best of luck next season uh, absolutely, and I, I, you're you're right. Um, you know, all star cast on both sides of the ball for for A and M. Uh, phenomenal team, top to bottom, offense, defense, you name it. Uh, they they had key players in every key position. Um, and just all around a great team. And, and you know, as a as a player and as the defensive coordinator, first and foremost, I want to point out that uh, at no point would he ever watch any of my sims. Uh, he he saw them as passing through through. 
right? Yeah. That's yeah. Just I was through watching my game room because in order to get out of my front door, you got to walk through the game room. Yes, I was not watching his Sims. I know, I know. So it, he he never got to watch him, but you know, as he passed through, he would pop I mean, his head in and I mean, ask me a question. He was watching, uh, you know, as people man, my job is to they beat them forty-four to twenty-nine. So we won't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He would... <laughs> we, won't, we won't bring that up, you know. I mean, yeah, we won't bring up the fact that both of you guys beat my team this year. <laughs> but uh. No, absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, I talk about this and it's so important in this league. And so, you know, especially for the new guys that are coming in, it, I don't ever think that you, you, you've got the game one. Um, and then, man, one play, one drive can be the difference between you win or losing. I mean, if you think about um, for, for A&M, their opening game, LSU, they lost, they had a 25 point lead and they lost, ended up losing by one. Um, and, you sit there and say, wow, that's a lot of plays, a lot of drives that, that contributed to that. Absolutely. But we also had two, fist, uh, two missed field goals in that game. Then you look at the Alabama game where we lost, yeah, you know, okay. um, and it came down to, yeah, you lost by four. And, and you know, what ended that game was right. that pick right on the right at the end zone, um, you know, that Alabama was able to get on that last drive that uh, for a um, so a lot of those games, I think it was just minor tweaks, minor, uh, and, and you know that game, that team could have been six and two, you know what I mean? Um, easily uh, reverse those roles. But you know, Stephen, what's your thoughts? What was that team that you just just didn't meet your expectations for at the uh, throughout the season Man, that you thought they would uh, I would love at the beginning? To A&M too, but he took mine. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go another round, and I'm gonna go with Notre Dame. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a big Notre Dame fan. Okay. Uh, in real life, so it's I was a little disappointed <clears> in that. Um, you know, they had the number one recruit coming in, Steeman, uh, quarterback. I mean, he had big shoes to fill. But, yeah. You know, all in all, I mean, he he had a great season. It's just you know, same thing. They they couldn't really close out games. Um, you know, they lost to Texas. <laughs> by seven, uh, you know, it was just, they were a team that I felt after the season they had last year, um, they, I thought they would really be more of a contender this year. Uh, you know, they lost by three to OK State, you know, the games were real close as well. They lost by three to Michigan. Um, you know, them games right there could easily you know, put them at six and two as well, and had a whole different situation. Oh no! So yeah, and you're talking about Notre Dame being in the playoffs, and, and you know who who's to say who they would have faced and how far they would have gotten. No doubt, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. You good? I didn't mean to you know, cut you off. Um, I'm, I'm going to do my pick, and um, I'm not going to be a homer. I'm not going to say A&M because, uh, truthfully, I wasn't all that disappointed um, in A&M because when you look at the sheer talent that they've got, they've got some big names, but they had one senior on their team. They have one junior on their team. They have two sophomores. 
everybody else is a freshman. That's crazy. So the amount of talent that they have and to be that competitive in, in the SEC, which we all know is an extremely competitive uh, uh, conference, I'm not all that worried about AM. AM's gonna come out and here's here's my this is my prediction. You hear you're gonna hear it right now. Um AM's gonna be very much like Oregon uh from season eight and season nine, right? So season eight, Oregon had number one recruiting class, uh, had a sort of lackluster season, and then season nine comes around and they turn that program around. And I think Eric Mears and Brent Mills is gonna be able to do that. I think that they're gonna come around next year. They're gonna pick up the key pieces that they need to pick up, you know, because they're losing Austin Blair. Uh, who's an outstanding outside linebacker, um, and they're going to pick up those key pieces. They're going to they're going to rebound, and they're going to they've learned from their mistakes. You know, it's a first year AD, um, so he's going to learn from mistakes, and he's going to move on. And I think he's going to come out. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if A and M doesn't make a push for the, for the national ta- uh, national championship next next season. But as for my pick for the team that I was expecting a lot more from. And I just didn't get it. Um, I'm, I'm going with Texas, man. Uh, a, a team that was a contender for the national championship, fought and fought Clemson tooth and nail in the national championship last year, and they go on to win three games this season. And you wonder what happened, what what changes occurred in them. Now, granted. Uh, a lot of their games were super close. You know, their losses were super close, you know, within three points, within seven points. Uh, I don't think they got really blown out all season. So what were those minor tweets that they need to fix? And what minor holes do they need to, to plug in in order to be successful? But absolutely, I think Texas, uh, you know, I was high, I was riding high on Texas at the beginning of the season. I was like, okay, hey, you know, when it comes to sports books, I'm betting Texas because they had such a phenomenal season last year. And they gave Clemson a run for their money in that title game. Um, so that that's my pick. Um, and I, like I said, I, this was the topic I, I really thought about not doing, maybe doing, yeah, let's do it. Okay, maybe we don't do it. But I think it was important for us to sit down and just, uh, you know, analyze some of these teams that we expected a little bit more out of. And, you know, so we're going to move on. We're, we're pushing uh, close to an hour on this podcast, which is great. I love it. Um, cause we've been able to talk about a lot of things. And the last thing I want to talk about is, is for any new recruits that are listening, this is the part, maybe we should have opened up with this, but I really wanted you to listen to the whole podcast podcast just to get to this point. All right. So, um, things that we learned cause you know, all three of us are brand new. This is our, this is our first season in, uh, the league. And so we understand we're coming straight fresh from where you were or where we were three months ago to where you're at right now. Um, so we, we, we have an understanding of what you went, what you're about to go through, through the, this recruiting process. Um, so I just want to, you know, open it up to where we can discuss um, the do's and don'ts uh, from a recruit, rec- uh, you know, pr- pr- prospect um, point of view. Um, Kai, I mean, what, what's the one thing that maybe, you, you wish you could have gone back and done differently or, Hey, no, I handled the situation right. And this is what I did. And this is how I handled the situation. Um, but what, what's some, what's some advice you would give to, to these new recruits that are, that are going to be coming up and going through the recruiting process. Cause it opens up in what, like 10 days. Uh, yeah, it should be uh, 10 days. What is it? 30th. Yeah. It opens on 30th. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, 10 days. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've got really um, about three big things. Um, so my first is just uh, I kind of expressed this earlier, you know, um, keep your horizons broad. Don't don't narrow yourself down to this one team. Um, and this is something, you know, there was a fourth and inches podcast last year that, you know, a lot of recruits could go back to listen to where they just talked about, you know, a bunch of these do's and don'ts. Um, but um, yeah, and they touched on this in the podcast as well is, is really not committing yourself to one team before recruiting even opens. So like me, I'm a Gator fan. And yes, the Florida Gators were in my last two in my top two schools. I almost went to the Florida Gators. Um, but really, when I when I was looking at it, um, I just I really just I felt better at Clemson. You know, um, I, I felt like my um, my opportunities were um, better at Clemson. And I really liked the, the pitch Clemson made. And this is not a knock on hunky uh, at all, but um, I, I just felt better going to Clemson. But um, I also heard out every pitch that every team gave me, um, no matter if they were a Mac team, no matter if they, you know, had a horrible record the season prior. Uh, I wasn't paying attention to that really. Uh, I didn't go to Clemson because they won a national championship that had no influence on me whatsoever. Um, it, it, it's more about just where I felt the culture fit me best, where, where I would fit in best uh, locker room wise. And um, I feel like I made the right choice there. Um, so that's point. Number one would be to, you know, keep your horizons broad. Uh, point two is activity. Um, activity is really big. Um, now, granted, during the regular season, I wouldn't have I wasn't the most active person in league chat, um, but I, you know, I, I, I lurked a lot. Um, I would read things and, you know, I always kept up with what was going on. Um, but activity, even if you're even if you're new, you know, I know when you first join, it's, it's a little awkward, you know, because, you know, you have these people with different dynamics and personalities and things like that. Um, you got to figure out, you know, where you get in. But activity is so huge because if an AD or a head coach sees a three star who's more active than a four star or even a five star, they're going to pick up that active three star one, because the active three star is probably more likely to be invested. And in maybe, Hey, that three star wants to bump up to a five star because they've been, you know, sitting with the team and watching team Sims, or maybe they've been, you know, sitting there or, you know, looking at, you know, stats or things like that um, from, from the games. And they, they, they want to see themselves get better. They, they see what they can improve upon. And um, the, the that's really what you want is activity um, as a head coach or an AD, at least for me personally, if I were a head coach or AD, that's what I would be looking for. Um, so activity is number two. Uh, number three is to just really not burn any bridges. Um, really try to be sort of, I mean, you don't have to necessarily be, you know, friends with every single person in the league. You know, that's, it's not a requirement um, even though most people are. I don't really know of too many people in the league who have, you know, interpersonal issues. Um, but I would say, you know, just try and try and find, a, you know, some people that you can really talk to in the league and sort of, you know, found your own thing. Um, you know, uh, really try to be nice to people. You don't want to burn any bridges before, especially before recruiting even starts. You don't want, you know, you don't want to piss off the wrong person. You don't want to, you know, go around and make enemies of the wrong people. You know, just don't be rude is probably the probably the biggest thing that goes along with activity. You know, you can talk your trash. I love talking trash, but it has to be about the field. You know, if you're talking to a wide receiver and say I'm a free safety, it's like, oh, I'm a pick on you this week, you know, or, yeah, you can't you don't want to see me coming across the field. I'm gonna have to lay you out things like that. That's fine. 
but don't be rude or, or talk about somebody personally or anything like that in the spirit of trash talking because that's just not cool and that's not how you really get people to want to you know uh, have you in their locker room you seem to be at that point more of a burden on a locker room than someone who can you know help cultivate a good energy um but you know those are those are probably my three biggest things okay um for all these recruits and um i'll pass it back to you guys all right awesome awesome no i completely agree um steven what what's your thoughts i mean what would you learn what you what your experience a little bit and and uh, what advice would you pass to these guys that are that are going to be coming up and how we how we just uh, came up uh last year this past season mind. um you know your favorite team in real life doesn't have to be your choice here um like I said, I'm a big Notre Dame fan. I grew up, you know, 40 minutes north of South Bend, Indiana, inside Michigan. It's Peyton, you know, that, I mean, I love them. But, and they recruited me. They recruited me pretty hard. Um, and I still went to Florida. So, it's, I just look at all your options. Like I said, I almost went to Ball State. Uh you know, I almost went to OK State. Then we're basically my top four that it came down to Florida, Notre Dame, Ball State, Oklahoma State. And in the end, I felt that Florida was the best fit for me. Uh, I'm also the defensive coordinator there, so that kind of, you know, was – they said a different situation, um, but in the end, that was the situation that I felt was going to work out best for me. So, <clears throat> you just have to look at all your options. You have a lot of people who been like, oh, I'm only going to that team. Well, that team may not have a spot open for you. Uh, and, uh, you know, in a lot of excitement, really, yeah. The recruiting process is super exciting. Right? I mean, a lot of these ADs go all out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get them pictures in the email. Yeah, they do. And the letters. And it, it was going to be quick. So, just, yeah, go, you know, going to an open mind, really. Oh, yeah. I can say. And, you know, like Kai was saying about Lee Chat. I was in league chat quite a bit before I joined the team. Um, after I joined, man, I had to. I had. Oh to. yeah, you were a trash talker. Um, I remember. You know, it's, it's all in the, <laughs> fun. It's all in the fun, sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, it's yeah, one absolutely. One of the things that makes this exciting, and especially then when your player goes out there and really shows out, you know. But then there's times where, you know, they don't show out. And, but it was the trash talking part was still fun. Yeah. So it's definitely. But after that, you know, when I joined oh, absolutely. the team, it was, I was in the locker room. Um, so super good if you can get in the active locker room. Uh, it's, I want to say it's one of the, like, can be one of the most important things for the team. And you really wouldn't think it is but locker room chats are great and it just kind of makes you you know fit in with your team like I don't know how you oh, yeah. were at a and at Clemson but we had 
I wouldn't say we had a super active locker room in Florida, but the people that were in there were active. You know what I mean? And that's and that I think that's really how yeah. you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still check in on League Chat, you know, every now and then, say what's up. But a lot of times, you know, I'm in, my, I'm in the locker room. That's where I'm at. I'm talking to the people that I'm out there on the field with. And, you know, pop in every now and then just to, you know, trash talk a little bit with some of them guys in the League Chat. <clears throat> but, yeah, that's that's my biggest thing, man. Just keep going for mine because, like I said, when it came into it, I was like, I'm going to Notre Dame if they come for me. That's that, you know, and then I was like, yeah, you know, then when it came down to it, <laughs> like, you know, you you can, it's almost better to pick a team because of the uniform over that being your favorite team. You know what I mean? It, it just, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Just don't say that because you know I'm going to Miami, Ohio. We only got like everybody's already <laughs> picking on me because I only got red. So nah. <laughs> don't pick it. Hey, don't go pick nah, in I mean, where you want to go to school based off the uniform. Like that thing with Notre Dame, it was hard for me to go there because you can't get long sleeves. And I needed one. I needed a long sleeve. They they do the three quarter or the half sleeve. Oh really? Um, just like Ohio State. So it's kind of yep. I need I needed full sleeves, and so that kind of took them out of it for me. Nah, it's just I mean they ain't trying to cover anything up, yet, are you? You know, <laughs> I let I let my boy Malik Harris do that for me. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> so no, that's I mean that's really oh, all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Just take your time with it. Listen to everybody because it's exciting. Um, it's and you know, and then it's no hard feelings where you go. Oh, you know, absolutely. I mean, nobody's gonna be mad at you because you went to another school and they recruited you for. Um, it's all in the fun, but if you go into it with a closed mind, it's not gonna be fun for you. No, 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 and, and I, I completely agree. Um, y'all, both of y'all make some great points on. Uh, you know, being active in lead chat, that's huge because it gets your name out there. It's, it's what these ADs and these head coaches are looking for because the, the activity level that you're you're presenting in that lead chat is the activity level. And, and you know, like Stephen Fellows brought hit on it, is, is, is the activity level that you're going to bring in, the energy level that you're going to bring inside your locker room. And that's what we're looking for, uh, right? Um, absolutely. Don't close any any team out. You know, I, I was open-minded to any team. You know, a diehard Gator fan. The only team that I, I, I closed yeah, out I closed from the get-go was Florida State, State, and they did not attempt to recruit me. Um, <laughs> thankfully. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I just – I'm sorry. Nothing against uh, – you know, I know it's not the, floor, the Florida State that's in real life. I got that. But, man, I could not picture seeing my guy in garnet and gold every week, no. and I'm rooting for this mm-hmm. guy. Like, no. No, I tend to. Yeah, I, I'd get sick seeing my name on a Florida State jersey. I couldn't do that one. No offense. Yeah, no offense to Florida State. Um, great season for you guys, uh, you know. But um, don't rule any team out, right? Come, come in with an open mind. And look, don't worry about things if you don't get hit up right away. 
You know, and I'm just going to give you, I'm going to give you uh, my experience. So TJ Smith up for freshman of the year, dude, that's just uh, been a monster on the D line. It was almost an hour before I got my first hit up an hour after recruiting. I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm sitting with my, with my nephew, uh, Kai, and he's got like five people hitting him up and he's talking off. I'm like, dude, ain't nobody hit me up. What the hell, man? Uh, look, these ADs, these coaches, they've, they've got their boards. And not saying that you're not a top priority because you might be number five on their board, but they got to hit those other four up. And, you know, so just, hey, if you don't get hit up right away, somebody's going to hit you up. They just got to get to you. And, you know, A&M's a prime example. And like I said, don't lock anybody out because A&M is the prime example for me. Uh, day one, at the end of day one, I was looking at probably Florida, Michigan uh, as my top two. And then Clemson started to come in, and that was – I was okay. Started listening to them a little bit. And then day two comes around, and that's all – you know, I mean, I had a few other offers, you know, uh, offers from, from other programs. But um, I was okay. That's my top three. I guess that's, you know, that's what it's going to be. And then, you know, Eric Mears hits me up on a, you know, from A&M, and he's like, hey, brother, I know I'm a day late. I hope I'm not too late. And I was like, brother, my door's open. I'm here to listen. Uh, I want to make the best decision for me. And, and ultimately, you know, that I ended up going to a because I felt that was the best course of action for me because I had personal goals. And that's going to be my t- what I'm a, my biggest advice to you is have personal goals. What do you want to get out of it? Because like I said earlier in this podcast, we know what we're getting out of you. What do you want to get out of the program coming? And how is that AD or that coach going to help you achieve those goals? Right. Um, so those, those are my two biggest things. And then, you know, I, I'd be reminiscent if, if I didn't go back and I'd probably really hate myself. Um, I'm going to say hate myself because that's a strong word, but I, I, I could really kick myself in the ass um, for maybe the way I held um, the way I, I went through the process. Right. So I narrowed mine down to the top two um, at the start of the newcomers game. Right. So I announced it. I'm going to be like, Hey, um, my top two is going to be A&M and Clemson. And um, so I, I want to go ahead and apologize to Clutch, Rev, and Shane uh, publicly. Um, if you all ever get to listen to this and hear it, you're hearing it straight from my mouth. I do want to apologize for y- to you all because um, I ghosted. And I ghosted them during that game. And, you know, they're hitting me up like every five minutes. Like, hey, man, where are you leaning? You're supposed to make your out, you know, tomorrow you're, you're choosing where you're going. Where are you leaning? Um, and I just, I left, I ghosted them and that was wrong of me. And I do apologize to all three of them for that because, um, look, just be honest with people. If you're not going to go there, tell them you're not going to go there. Um, if they have a shot, tell them that they have a shot, just listen, hear them out. And, and when it comes time to give up your verbal, and if you've given your verbal commitment to a team, let the other eighties and coaches know, Hey, look, you don't have to tell them where you're going. Just tell them, you know, hey, I, I shut my recruiting down. And that's all you got to say to them. Um, so, yeah, um, go ahead. Uh, just, yeah, uh, one real quick thing to uh, more talk about your point of uh, communication. Um, one big thing that happened with me was I, I was being recruited by uh, USC uh, last season. And um, sort of their recruiting coordinator who was talking to me, um, I can't remember if it was – I'm pretty sure it was their recruiting coordinator – might have been their offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. I'm pretty sure it was recruiting, though. 
Um, so I apologize if I got that wrong and I'm, you know, mislabeling somebody, but you know, it was a while ago. Um, so basically I asked a really important question that was important to me as a recruit. And I was not satisfied with the answer I got from that recruiting coordinator. So I went ahead and, you know, giving USC the chance to still be in, you know, um, my choices, because that would have eliminated them right away, considering how close everything else was between the teams, my top five. Um, so I eventually just uh, went to their AD and I was like, hey, your recruiting coordinator didn't answer this question, uh, you know, to, to my liking. Um, I'm going to go ahead and send it to you. So, you know, you get that chance. I think there's there's definitely a, um, uh, especially with, you know, um, maybe not so much with the Mac teams who have just, you know, one head coach. But um, if you're going for a CFSL team and maybe you're in a leader five-star guy or even a three-star, four-star that they're trying to pick up, um, there's definitely a good um, – it's a good strategy to go to the AD um, if, if the recruiting coordinators or anybody who's going after you doesn't really answer, you know, the question you have to your satisfaction. It's, oh, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, I would honestly suggest it because I think that AD would rather have you come to them and have them, you know, be able to get you – than for you to just completely shut them out with no reasoning. Um, but that's yeah. just, you know, probably my final piece on the situation. I just, you know, that sprung to mind. Yep. No doubt. Um, completely agree. Um, so we're pushing probably about a hundred an hour and 13 minutes or so on this podcast. I, I greatly appreciate everybody listening to, uh, tonight um, and wish you all the best of luck. Enjoy Monday night's games uh, or Monday night's podcast, uh, which will be featuring Mike and David. With, uh, and, and probably pack right uh, with inside blitz, and then uh, you know immediately following that, they'll be announcing all the uh, accolades from the season, and then following that, they'll be uh, moving on to the Natty game, which I think everybody's excited for. So, uh, from us here at Cover Three, TJ, Stephen, and Kai, greatly appreciate y'all listening. In. Stay tuned in because this is a product we're looking to send out.